I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Podcast Network. This is our 19th episode, Talking Prospects. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, and joining me is prospect guru, Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, what's happening? How was your fourth? Um, it was great. It was relaxing, you know, just having a good, you know, three-day weekend off work. I could just, like, relax around the house, you know, hang out with my dogs, my husband, cook, bake. It was it was a glorious, glorious weekend. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, would have liked a little better weather in Boston, but we got one beach day in, so I can't complain. And, uh, yeah, fourth is one of, if not my favorite holiday. So I agree with you. And, you know, we got the All-Star break coming up, and, Hopefully we can take a break for a few days or wait, the Futures game is Sunday. The draft starts Sunday through Tuesday (laughs) and the Sox come back on Thursday, the only game on the slate. So you can take Wednesday off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I could just kick back on Wednesday and uh, yeah, that's going to be my little refresh. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, 
uh, you know, it's just, I said it last week, but it would have been a good couple of days to just kind of, you know, recharge the batteries. But here we go, right back at it. And we got our draft preview um, throughout the episode today. We're going to focus on that a lot more um, than the news and notes. We'll talk about the news and notes a little bit at the end. Um, before we start, first, kind of some maintenance and reminders. So if you enjoy what we do, um, leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you use to listen to the Over the Monster podcast. Um, we have the this on-deck podcast. We have the Over the Monster podcast with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner, the Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher, and the Precap Pod with Shelly and Keaton and starting off with the draft I would say over the last well I mean we've been looking at this for a while but the last few days I've really been looking at all the mock drafts that I can and listening to podcasts and trying to just re-familiarize myself and draw out you know what's going to happen at pick one two and three and which paths are um, ahead of the Red Sox at four and really the whole top five and top ten and by the end of it, I couldn't figure anything out, and all I could think of was the Always Sunny episode when Charlie is yelling about Pepe Silvia with a cigarette hanging out of it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. His hand and just kind of pointing in all different directions. Arrows at one, two, three, four. I can't figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, what is your feeling on this draft, Shelley? I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know if it's just because this is like the, you know, the first draft after last year where it was like totally different, but it seems at the top, top five, top six, top seven guys, it seems so clustered and just, I don't think anyone has a good feel of where really anyone is going to go, maybe outside like the first pick. And that, I don't ever really remember that actually happening uh, yeah. in in a, the last couple years um it's just a it's just a major just throw players up in the air and who falls down first oh he's gonna go second like it it seems so in flux and that that's what makes it so exciting especially because you know this is like the highest draft to get draft pick you know the fourth pick that we've had since like 19 the late 1960s so this is right. just so exciting um, totally agree and yeah it's that combination it's we don't know what the hell is going to happen and the red sox have a high pick so that it's just it's so interesting to me and you know i've talked myself in and out of so many different players over the last week and if we recorded this an hour from now i'd probably have some different answers <laughs> um but yeah you you, you hear you know that this team is in on this player, but they might go under slot, or they might take someone that they think they can sign for a million less, um, just because the two players are equal. So when you flip a coin, you go with the the player that you might 
pay less to be able to spend more money later in the draft and it's just you know you've got the high school and the college so the MLB draft is just so much different than any other sport where um, there's just so many different things to keep in mind and it is hard to keep track of so hopefully we can get everybody uh, centered on this going into Sunday night's draft Um, Sunday night is at seven o'clock for round one Uh, Monday's rounds two through ten and then Tuesday is rounds 11 through 20. Um, I think kind of going through the top eight, um, you know, possible players that we think could be in the top five picks. I have eight that I've written down, and I'll go through those. We talked about these back in April a little bit. Um, Jordan Lawler is a shortstop from Jesuit High School in Texas. He is committed to Vanderbilt. Um, Marcel Mayer, also a shortstop, high school shortstop from Eastlake High School in California. He's a USC commit. Jack Leiter, right-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt. Um, Henry Davis, catcher from Louisville. Khalil Watson, a shortstop from Wake Forest High School in North Carolina. Uh, he's an NC State commit. Brady House is a shortstop from Winderbarrow High School in Georgia, a Tennessee commit. Uh, Jackson Job, right-handed pitcher out of Heritage Hall High School in Oklahoma, is an Ole Miss commit. And Kamar Rocker, right-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt. So that is in no particular order um, of possible eight picks that we have brought up in the past and you see could go maybe not all at number one, but you definitely see those names in different mock drafts in the top five. And those are the eight names that you see most frequently, I would say. Um, Conceivably... Any of those names could be in play for the Red Sox at four. Um, Shelly, I don't know. I'm seeing more and more of Marcelo Mayer at pick number one in the majority of the mock drafts. I feel like that is uh, a combination of what that they would need to pay with the number one pick of Lawler versus Mayer, but also just kind of upside versus floor um, with the number one pick being for Pittsburgh. So it's Pittsburgh at one, Texas at two, and Detroit at three. So that's what I'm seeing the most. But I figured the first question, which we've hit on a little bit, but if you could say, I want the Red Sox to get this player, if he is there at number four, um, what would be your answer and why? Um, my answer, uh, I think it was the same um, answer that we had uh, when we were talking draft you know, a couple episodes ago. Um, it's Henry Davis. Um, I mean, I mean, I would love to get like a good pitcher, um, like like lighter or or rocker. Um, but honestly, I don't really trust the Red Sox pitching development to actually develop these guys. And Henry Davis, like he is a established college bat. Yes, he's a catcher. That being said, he's established college bat. He really kind of fits into the timeline of our other prospects in the system. So I really do think that he can contribute, you know, with this other core kind of group of guys that we have. He will be able to contribute sooner. So that is kind of what I like. And I honestly, I just love that bat. I I am just infatuated with Henry Davis. So I'm really hoping that we take him. But I definitely see, you know, maybe a really high upside shortstop that could fall. You know, maybe Lawler or Mayer drops. I doubt it, but I, I, could, I, I wouldn't be upset if we got Lawler, Mayer, Leiter, Watson. Like, there's just, like, so much good talent here. But in my opinion, I won Henry Davis. Yeah, and, 
you see that I think I've probably seen his name um, in the majority of the mocks. Um, so if and we'll kind of hit on who we think that they'll end up getting. Um, my answer to this is Jack Leiter, and that's who I've hoped they would take since three, four months ago, maybe a year ago. Um, back in March and April when we first started talking about this, you saw Leiter as the name that was number one on the couple of mock drafts that are were floating out there. And for me, I mean, part of what you said, the, the window is now. Red Sox window started, I thought it was going to start next year. It started a year early, but I think that yeah. window where Leiter could be up as early as 2022, um, I think that starts next year possibly this year. Um, part of it is selfishly, I'm impatient to wait for a high school player, waiting four or five years, but watching Leiter, I mean, he proved throughout that college postseason that he can pitch in big games. He didn't have really any blow-ups, bunch of quality starts, couple of dominant performances, um, and to go along with, you know, pitching so well in big games, he's got the bloodline and, you know, that lineage pick that we we should learn from Toronto what we've seen from Vlad Guerrero and Bichette and Biggio, you know, Al Leiter being a pitcher in the league, he's got that in his blood. Um, you know, the, I would, conversely to what you said, I want to see them draft and develop a pitcher. Uh, last one, you know, John Lester, 2002 in the second round. <laughs> That's the name I keep bringing up um, as the last one that I would say that they drafted and developed successfully. Um, but just watching lighter, great fastball, good curveball, and I think he's got a chance to develop some of the other pitches, whether it's a slider or a changeup. And I think that he wants to be here. It seems like um, some of the scouting reports is, uh, or the, the, the book on lighter is that he might be trying to price himself into the fourth pick that he wants to be with the Red Sox, probably because it lines up with when he's going to be up in a year and pitching for a good team from the beginning. So... I definitely know the drawbacks um, with Tinstap. There's no such thing as a pitching <laughs> prospect. And, um, you know, we'll see if his arm holds up and if Rocker's arm holds up and Job, who's a high school pitcher, all of those have that risk. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing that there's risk in every player right now, which is so many injuries in Major League Baseball this season. But, and with the, the ceiling for Lighter, he might, might not have that a ceiling hopefully he does but you see conflicting reports on that but um you know and really the the other point to, to what you make there with davis is that if all things are equal if they think it's the same player that davis might cost them a little bit less or it might just be that davis is there and lighter is not there or vice versa so um you know if they spend a little bit less on davis that would be a reason to go away from lighter that that could leave them some more room for some of their subsequent picks similar to what they did with with nick york last year so um that's my that's my case for jack lighter um but shelly if you if that player was not there if if henry davis is not there um who would you like to see them get um if if davis is taken in the first three picks um if Davis somehow goes in the first three picks, one, I will be shocked. Um, but then also, there's still so much talent. I Just having the fourth pick is just so great. Um, so if one of like the first two, maybe three shortstops kind of fall, Lawler, Mayer, or Watson, I would like to take them just because, you know, I kind of prioritize bats over, over arms. But even... Even that being said, if lighter's there, take lighter. Like, 
Leiter and Davis, like those are my like my two guys that I really want. They fit the timeline of this current team, and the talent is there. So it's either Leiter or Davis for me, and I doubt both of those players will go in the first three picks. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to change that up a little bit. I think if one of the shortstops is there, Mayer or Lawler, I I think that they should take them. I, yeah. I don't know that they will be. I personally think they'll go one, two. Um, but I I don't want to rule out Kamar Rocker. And okay. I know that late in the season, um, he kind of had a swoon with a, a lower velocity uh, earlier in the year. And late in the, the tournament, he... He got rocked, certainly, in the last game, no pun intended, but he was throwing on three days rest, and he had done that a couple times late in the season, and it's so hard to know whether that the amount of innings that he threw this year was affected by how few innings he threw last year, and watching him two years ago, if you told me during that tournament when he was a freshman that the Red Sox would have the fourth pick two years later and Rocker would be sitting there waiting for them, I would have signed up for it uh, any day of the week. So I I just want to see, I would love to see a college pitcher and see that work out. And, you know, I think Mayer, Lawler, Leiter, Rocker is just my current list of how I personally would rank them um, in terms of wanting to see them with the with the Red Sox in terms of what I think is going to happen my top five if I was doing a mock right now I would say I think um, that Mayor will go first and so that is again with Pittsburgh and then to Texas I would say Lawler I would say Leiter to Detroit I would say Henry Davis to Boston and I would say Khalil Watson to Baltimore would be my top five guess Um, I don't know what what you think or if you have a prediction uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much think the same. The only thing is Detroit kind of scares me a bit um, when it comes to lighter. They've taken a lot of pitchers, and their system is really, really in need of some hitting depth. And usually, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you should take like, the best player available. But I could see them maybe taking uh, like a Watson or a Brady House just to get some more bats um, there. So then if they take a, a, a bat at number three, then, you know, the Red Sox have either Leiter or Davis. And that is a very interesting uh, decision to make. Yeah. And you also see them linked to Jackson Job a little bit with that third yeah. pick, which, you know, you mentioned they have. And I, I do agree with you. They've got those three starters um, that are starting to come up, Mize and Manning and Scooball. So Leiter would almost kind of not be redundant because he could be the best of, of the bunch or as good as anybody there, but it's in the same um, time frame. But Jackson Joe, being a high schooler, could be in that next wave or in the back of, of the wave that they have coming up right now as he has just, I think, ceiling-wise, you hear more and more of Joe being the best kind of long-term project if you will but he's a high school arm um so there's a lot more projection ahead of him and it could be three or four years but it seems like fastball slider curveball change up all grade really well close to 70 on like three of those pitches um and you just see i think job has taken the biggest leap into the top five um over the last two months probably yep yep if you so let's talk sleepers let's talk that let's talk beyond round one um 
if there was a outside of the top five sleeper that you had, whether it's Red Sox or for any team, who do you like uh, later in the first round? Um, there was a guy that I really do like. I don't know if he is going to make it to the second round. Um, but my guy um is Michael McCreevy. Um, he is a right-handed pitcher out of U.S. Santa Barbara. Um, honestly, what I like about him is he is a control artist. Um, he has about 70 grade control. And that, coming just out of a, a polished college guy, that just really just, I just love it. Um, he yeah. has above average fastball, curveball, about an average slider changeup. So he's got about a four pitch mix there, and, but his control is amazing. And that is what I like, especially with, you know, MLB taking away a lot of the sticky stuff. I want guys who have a good feel for the zone without that stuff. And if he already has just above average command and he already has four pitches, yeah, some of them he still needs to do work on. But he already has like that four pitch mix. This is a guy that I really, really like. And I think that he is like a sneaky, maybe number two, number three type starter. Um, and I don't, sadly, I don't think that he's going to make it to the second round. Um, because he has been moving up in a lot of like mock drafts recently. Um, but this is a guy that I really, really like. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that he lasts yeah. to the second round, but love the dude. Yeah, and I was going to actually say the same thing when you talk about control. Now that the changes that they've made in the league and you see these hard throwers, some of the hard throwers just not doing as well. Um, you wonder if it might shift back to the command and control pitchers and especially a college pitcher that has that. So I'm all for that. Um, and I've even before they took away the sticky stuff, I've been starting to trend towards pitchers like that. You know, the mm -hmm. Kyle Hendricks of the world, just, um, you know, watching George Kirby is, is a name that sticks out for Seattle that I think of like that. So, um, yeah, no, that's a great pick mine um, he's going to go a little bit higher is Khalil Watson just the more I don't think that he would be a Red Sox pick but he's my sleeper if they were you know um, if it wasn't one of those four names I think Watson could be the guy just he, he's had a ton of, of helium if you will in the last month or so I don't think that he would go ahead of Mayer or Lawler but if a team wanted to possibly spend a little bit less if the Red Sox did go under slot um, to save a million or two to kind of spread out that 11 or so million that they can spend throughout the draft. I think Watson is an option. Um, his left-handed swing, power swing, is just beautiful. He just takes huge hacks. Um, and there's it's kind of a recency bias a little bit because Mayer and Lawler ended their seasons so much earlier. But Lawler has had, you know, a lot more video that has been coming out recently of his games that went later into the season. Um, he's just got such a smooth left-handed swing, and as a left-handed hitter myself, I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, just has faced good pitching and done really well with that. So, um, you know, he might be a higher risk and a higher risk to stay at shortstop compared to uh, Mayer and Lawler that he might move off of the position. So, you know, you see those surefire shortstops who are going to stay at the same position kind of uh, more at the top of the list. But I really like Watson a lot, especially the more video that I watched of him over the last couple of weeks. 
Um, and all right, so after that, right, they've got the fourth pick, and then after that, they have the 40th pick in the second round because there is, um, you know, there's the sandwich picks, the compensation picks between the first and the second round that there's quite a few of. So they pick it 40th in the second round on uh, Monday, and then they pick 75th in the third round. Are there any names that have stuck out to you or a position that you'd like to see them go after beyond round one? Uh, yeah, uh, so I, there, were, there were two guys that I like kind of in this range. Um, the first guy for me is a right-handed pitcher um, from East Carolina, Gavin Williams. Um, his fastball yep. is just unbelievable. Like, he added, like, a lot of velocity, and, you know, he picked up um, 108 strikeouts in his 68 innings of work this year, which is crazy. That's a 14%, you know, K per nine. Um, and uh, he didn't really walk too many people. He had a about a 2.5 walks per nine. That That is amazing. And he's 6'6". Uh, right-handed like just an amazing fest that that is a guy that you kind of like you know you take a a flyer on um and then there was another guy that i kind of liked um uh peyton stovall this is maybe a little bit more of a flyer here um he's a high school shortstop uh Honestly, I don't think that he's gonna stay at shortstop. He does. I don't really think that he can. He doesn't have the range. He doesn't really have the arm. So he could probably move to second. But his hit tool is just off the charts. Uh, you know, Baseball America had his hit tool graded out at like a 65, um, and that is you know just really really great for just a young, a young high uh, high school player. Uh, he's committed to Arkansas, uh, so he probably is going to take a little bit of money to get out of that commitment. Uh, but Peyton Stovall um, is a really interesting guy. Um, so yeah, those yeah. are my the, yeah those are my two kind of hopefully fingers crossed last two are uh, picking the second round. Yep, and I was with you on Gavin Williams for sure, and. Yeah. Again, you know, he, he pitched into the, the regionals, so that was a pitcher I've seen recently, but really held his own against Vanderbilt in the game that I watched. Um, I think went into the seventh or the eighth inning, throwing 100 the whole time, and just a great compete level. Um, you know, it remains to be seen if he can be a starter, if his arm can hold up, but like you said, huge dude. 6'6", 255 he's listed at, throws right-handed, throws hard. Um, you know, might not be the command control guy that I was just talking about, but I think that he is a, a great pitcher. If they don't go pitcher in round one, um, would love to see them target Williams. And then the other one is Jaden Hill. And I think that he's probably going to have a lot of debate and could be anywhere in the late first round or early to mid second round. He was the LSU right-hander who, we talked about back in the springtime as a possibility yeah. in the top 10, but had a UCL injury, so had Tommy John surgery, but three really good pitches and an elite changeup, which you love to see as a 70-grade changeup on Baseball America. Same thing, 6'4", 235, so a big 
college right-hander. And if they do go with Davis or high school shortstop, I think one of those pitchers, if they fell, would be a great target that I'd love to see in the second round. And then um, round three, I was looking at Isaiah Thomas, who uh, I think if you have the name Isaiah Thomas, you automatically have about an 80% better chance of being a professional athlete. Uh, (laughs) And we've had Isaiah Thomases in Boston before, but He's uh, someone that I've seen at Vandy a little bit, kind of a top-of-the-order hitter um, who just has had, you know, has a good swing, can be kind of a table setter, plays a good center field, um, and just kind of watching him in games, he was a player that I really liked, but it was not talked about as much, um, obviously, because of the of the pitchers and just how good of a team that Vanderbilt is year in and year out. But every time I watched him, he played really well. Um, you know, it, it's hard for me to talk about the high school players that are further down. I haven't seen as much film on, on those players, so I've kind of looked at more of the, the college players in rounds two and three that interested me. But Isaiah Thomas, outfielder from Vanderbilt, is kind of my later pick there. Nice. Um, what did we miss? What else did you want to hit on? We didn't uh, – I think we mentioned most of uh, the, or the first eight players that we had on our list. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I honestly, I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I mean, even if we didn't have the fourth pick, like it just seems so jumbled that you don't know what's gonna happen. So it's gonna be a really interesting uh, first round on Sunday. Yep, absolutely. Can't wait to see that. And um, you can follow both of us uh, on Twitter, uh, Bob Osgood fifteen and Shelley's at Shelley V underscore six forty three. I'm sure we'll be. You know, retweeting plenty of takes throughout the draft um, and looking forward to next week when we can talk about the players and just go beyond round one and dive into some of the later picks and, um, you know, start to look forward from there. So definitely an exciting time of year. Uh, We'll kind of hit on the minor league news pretty quickly this week. Um, I would say first and foremost, Jay Groom, who we're talking about every week, I put him at the top because he's been excellent twice since we last talked. And last week we put him towards the top because he had been excellent since we talked about him the week before that. So yeah, this is three weeks in a row, but he's had nine strikeouts in two different appearances on both Friday of last week and then um, Wednesday night of this week, uh, pitching into the sixth inning in every game and nine strikeouts in each outing. He's not walking anybody um gave up two hits on friday one hit on wednesday and just watching all three of his pitches his fastball his curveball and his changeup, on some of the uh the highlights from those outings he really looks like he has everything going right now and has for over a month now yeah this is this yeah the jay groom's kind of like development this year has been just surprising to me because honestly i didn't really put a lot of uh, honestly stock in him like I'm like yeah he's probably just washed up you know he's dealt with injuries it's been so long since he's you know been just able to to pitch but yeah like these last three four starts from him I'm like okay yeah I I'm seeing what we drafted um, you know just a few years ago so yep. yeah I I've been really impressed yeah, you have to think that we would probably see him in Portland at some point this year, yep. um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Tanner Houck, who has made 
three or four outings um, appearances now in at AAA Worcester. Sounds like he's on track for a call up after the All Star break, and it makes sense. I mean, they have not had a starting pitcher miss a start really the whole year. I mean, you could argue that Hulk had two starts in early April, but I think one was in a doubleheader and one was just because Erod was a few days behind, but no one's actually missed a start. And they're going to have 18 games in 18 days, all versus AL East opponents starting next Thursday, coming out of the break against the Yankees. So if they're looking at October there is, you know, a lot of pitchers that are on kind of a pace close to 200 innings between Nivaldi and Erod and, well, really everybody. So maybe they'll do a six-man rotation or something like that where Hope pitches early on after the break and they try to, you know, what, 18 games divided by six is three. So maybe they use him three times in the rotation, and I'm hoping that he stays up for good, um, even if it's in a bullpen roll. But at that point, that'll take us to August 1st, and we'll know a whole lot more about the team between the, the deadline and um, Chris Sale's impending return. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, Hulk back up. Tristan Cassis is going to play for Team USA at the Olympics. Um, it sounds like, you know, he asks, Jaron Duran is, is not going to be there, uh, provided it sounded like the Red Sox were okay with it, provided that they could call him up when needed if they needed to call him up with um, the Olympics kind of being during, I think, the first week of August. And the Olympic team, just with protocols and everything going on, just decided to not include him, to not run into that situation. But Tristan Cassis will be there. Um, Two other notes. Brian Bayo added to the Sunday Futures game roster. We mentioned Jeter Downs last week. So sounded like they're gonna play a nine inning game this year and last time it was seven which didn't make a whole lot of sense but i'm excited to see that game on sunday um bay is going to be one of 18 pitchers that will throw one inning on sunday uh, he went only two on wednesday night pretty much to save his arm since he'll be throwing on three days rest on sunday um enters the break with 49 innings a 5-0 and record combined between the two levels 255 era 15 walks, 67 Ks. Uh, so excited to see what Bayo can do against some of the best minor leaguers in um, all of minor league baseball. And then last note, Connor Siebel threw three simulated innings in Fort Myers on Tuesday, working back from elbow inflammation. He has not thrown an inning in a game all year, and we're at July. So, uh, Shelly, you know, good to see how can see bold and just some names working their way back and hopefully we see um Rizzardo at some point as well yeah yeah it's it's really good like you said to see how can see bold you know because with all of the starting pitching injuries you know Mata and just all these other guys it's just good to see a couple guys back especially with some of the uh starting rotation up in Boston kind of uh uh you know pooping the bed I, I will say, uh, I, I, I won't say who, uh, <coughs> Garrett Richards. Um, Wait, yeah. You mean the guy who's learning how to pitch again? Exactly. Learning how to pitch in game. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really good to see some of these guys, you know, getting back into throwing, maybe making it back to the rotation. So yeah, it's, it's all good. All right, that'll do it this week. Um, if you have any questions about the draft or anything that you want to hear about or that comes out of the draft this weekend that you want to, uh, you want us to hit on next week, 
Feel free to send us a message on Twitter. As I mentioned, ShellyV underscore 643, and you can find me at BobOsgood15. Um, and thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you next week.